Hey, Philip, how's, how's your dick? Were you going to ask about <laughs> my dick? No, I, I wasn't going to. Okay. Now I will. Just well. your pubes. How are your pubes doing? Pubes are quaffed. I got uh, one of those Afro picks sticking, sticking in it because that's how thick it is. Oh. I pick it out. Um, and I have a new shampoo and conditioner. Um, it's supposed to make my hair appear thicker. So, you, it's all under a hat. It's always under a hat. Um, I have the most it, hair at this table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. You really do. Yes. Good for you. Um, Good for you. And that's not much. It looks way thicker. Your Thank hat. Your you. hat looks really bulgy. I did. I used. To, I washed my hat in it. Because there's like, <laughs> this is a wasted on my hair. Yeah, you're going to use it on my hat. Your hat looks swollen. <laughs> it looks swollen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, maybe it was yeah. just uh, volumized. Yeah, it's definitely got more lift. I don't know hair terms. Guys, I don't have enough yeah. hair to know hair terms. What is it? Volume? Yeah. I um, it was viscosity. Hot. I don't. That's not yeah, true. Yeah, viscosity and thermal breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, what's it called? Where you um, brush it against, like backwards? Uh, where you brush it backwards? Oh, it's like it's a horse feathering. term, I think. Mm, no, it's a thing where you like grab a chunk of hair and then you brush towards your scalp. Um, Women uh-huh. are yelling right now. Like it's such an obvious term that we've never. Is this live? Um, <laughs> They're yelling right now. Uh, what is that it's called? A, uh, well, it could be teasing. Is that, teasing. is that what teasing your hair is? I don't know. I yeah. teased my hat. You teased your hat. Yeah. I have a good feeling the three of us do not know much about <laughs> hair care. Uh, I, I, I could I could tease your hat too. Nice D. Did you just ask about my hat's dick? <laughs> no, there's it's giant... thicker, right? It's thicker. I am Philip. First, we'll have a little chat. Then put on our new brothers. Now it's time for next step, Brad. And we're here today with Dylan Rohde, uh founder and co-owner of the Backline Theater in Omaha, Nebraska. Does that sound about right, Dylan? <laughs> that does sound just about accurate. And uh, also a improviser, performer in his own right, comedian, all that business. Traveling Wilbury. Will, did you say Wilbury? Are you, are you in that band? Are you traveling? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not even not familiar. Not, okay, that's fair. Don't have my ear enough to the streets. For uh, but you do like to travel. In fact, you're uh, out of your own hometown and visiting us in the Twin Cities right now. Thank sure you am. so much for coming on over. Yeah, I'm having a great time. Uh, and it's as I heard right when I got here. It is now all of a sudden great weather. So yeah, oh, yeah, good timing. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Thank. Thank you for yeah, that as well. Yeah, it came with me. It's mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> and as always, I'm joined today by... Co-owner and founder of Next at Bat yep. in, in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, Philip Simondet. Yeah. And of course, our host as always is... Uh, Matthew McLeod, uh, co-founder and co-owner? That's what we went with, yeah. Uh, Do you write the question mark when you have to put it down on you? <laughs> well, it was a typo on his business card, right, yeah. so okay. now he has to you, say it that you, way. You, yeah, it, I, I have question marks around all of my credentials. <laughs> Teacher? <laughs> uh, improviser? Yeah. We all question that one. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, you could also put creator next to your name. Creator? Uh, no, you, do you have Ultimate qu- creator. Yeah. Of Next at Bat, Philip Simondet. We're ordering new business cards soon, so I'll get that fixed. Business card? Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, Dylan, you were, you've been an improviser for quite some time now. How long have you been improvising? 
about eight years. I started in, I took my first class at UCB in LA mm -hmm. in, uh, let's see, it would have been August or September of 2007. Uh, and so you went through UCB. Uh, did you do training in other places as well? Yeah. Around the time I was graduating UCB, I started taking classes at IO mm -hmm. out there as well in, uh, in LA. And mm -hmm. so I took I kept taking classes because I was interning at both, and um, sure. I was intern editing, so I was just editing video, which was also helping my resume, so it was kind of nice. Um, so I just kept taking classes over and over again because they were because paid it was free. for, and I, was getting, yeah, right. and I was getting something to show for it, too, so yeah. it was my work. So um, Yeah, I took classes for three and a half years at UCB and about a year and a half at I.O., and now those two have very different points of view when it comes to improvisation. How do you think that both of those have kind of informed your particular? Because uh, from what I can tell in my experience with Omaha and with Omaha improvisers, your point of view has heavily influenced what's happened in Omaha. Yeah. I mean, especially because Backline is kind of the theater to go to in Omaha at this point. Right. Yeah. At this point, it's still the only long form theater. Right. There. Training center. Um I'd say we're about 80% UCB game related with about 20% kind of the uh, more relationship art, artsy kind of IO style. Sure. The main thing is that I want every scene to have some sort of focus, mm -hmm. um, but we also do it through relationships. Mm -hmm. So often that is what the game is, is the relationship. So we sure. try to do both. It, it we, we also try to avoid the, what you, the people's problem, I believe, with UCB are the predictable game moves. So we really try sure. to avoid those as well, where it just goes from like cop, governor, Jesus, you know, whatever. Sure, <laughs> right? and, and just like typical ex escalation right. sort of thing. Yeah. So how how do you avoid that if like there is a pretty? I'm I'm guessing that there's a pretty heavy focus on recognizing game mm -hmm. in, uh, in the training and and things like that. How how do you avoid like the typical pitfalls or is it more a matter of experience the main thing i don't even really bring up the term game there's a lot of terms i don't okay. bring up i don't mention in level one we really don't mention yes and we don't mention game really um what i do tell them is find something that's fun mm -hmm. and then find another way to have more of that fun it's an interesting way to look at it yeah mm -hmm. so like if you're having fun doing something just think what's going to set me up for that that's a uh, that's kind of another way of looking at lateral thinking, like getting them to, you know, key in on something, but now try to look at it from a different angle sort of uh -huh. thing. Is that kind of where you're coming from? Yeah. And it allows them, if they simplify it enough to be able to open all sorts of doors and be able to think outside the box even more. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I believe gets it out of that, uh, expected route mm -hmm. where you're just like, Oh, I know where this is going. Right. Because they're like, if somebody's just, angry you know like sure we can see all these things they're going to be angry about but like let's throw something that's going to make them angry and see how they act yeah right now they're going to be happy and that's going to it's still going to be the same game it's just we're seeing a different aspect of right it. we're seeing the unexpected version uh which of course the audience appreciates too <laughs> yeah. as a as a instructor and i guess as a performer how much how much do you think about the audience as as a performer uh okay so i guess I look at it this way. Um, as far as what we base our focus on is the laughter of the audience. So if the audience is laughing at something, I hammer that you should be paying attention to that. They mm -hmm. want that. They're going to laugh even more if you can uh, hone in on that. Mm -hmm. But another thing we do is I like to, and it really helps people get out of their head, is having fun with your scene partner. 
mm-hmm. too many times I see people like they're just performing for that audience. Yeah. And they're trying to, and sometimes they'll sell their scene partner out in order to get that audience yeah. to laugh. Right. Uh, and that's something I have no patience for. Mm-hmm. So instead, I try to get them to get their scene partner to laugh. Mm-hmm. And uh, also make it a challenge that they are not allowed to laugh. Oh, yeah. I would have a hard time with that challenge. <laughs> God, I'm so shitty about breaking uh, lately, especially. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know why. Lately, I've had a real hard hard time with it. One other thing that I think is the difference between, like, because some people have a kind of a mindset, and I think it's different. Some people have this mindset of going into improv with not trying to make someone laugh. Mm-hmm. And I get that in the respect of, like, not being jokey. But sure. when it really comes down to it, most audience members are coming to an improv show to laugh. Absolutely. Yeah. So they're expecting comedy, not dramatic improv. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we teach is definitely comedic improv. Mm-hmm. And the difference that I always tell students between drama and comedy is that in comedy, person never learns their lesson. And in drama, they do. That's so at the end, the, when there's resolve and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I was a bad person. And then they're just good now. You know, boo, that's boring yeah. <laughs> to me. But like, <laughs> if they think they're a better person and then they do something shitty, we laugh again and then we can go. We know they're never going to change. That's a really nice, like, that's a really good way to think about that. When did you make the transition from being a student to being a, a teacher? Uh, to be honest, I, I went to a college where a lot of teachers come out of, and I was asked if I'd ever teach theater. And I was like, no, I'd never teach. Uh, <laughs> and then I started taking improv, and I realized that, like, a lot of the good, a lot of the best people were the teachers, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. And um, in level two, I was seeing that I had a, a teacher that I I was like, well, I don't necessarily agree with all this stuff. And I was like, maybe I could teach. And I started to think I could teach already by level two, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I watched, I just start watching a lot of shows, and I, I watched a lot of bad improv yeah, because uh, I'd like to watch and see what I would do if I was their coach, and uh, I never really got the opportunity to coach other than I taught like one summer camp out there in L.A. or in California, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I never taught out there until I moved back to teach. So I was <laughs> definitely just going off instinct, mm-hmm. thinking I could teach. I had no real idea if I could or not. I've actually heard that from a number of people who have turned out to be excellent teachers. Is is that you just do it? You, you do it and then you kind of backfill the, uh, and you kind of learn on the go, just sort of like improvising. Uh, and, and then you backfill the, the education knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, as, as you go. But typically if you feel like you really have something to give, then that's, that's step one. Uh-huh. Do, you, do you agree with that? Or, yeah. Uh, so then you moved back to Omaha and about when was that? I uh, moved back. The f- I left February 1st, got there on February 3rd, and started teaching my first class on February 28th. And what year was this? 2011. So about a little over five years ago now. And, w- and when did the back line open? Uh, I mean, technically, we'll say then. Um, as far as like back line, um, back line as a training center, we started doing shows uh, weekly that year in August. Mm-hmm. And this is at a different venue that we were kind of renting out. It was like, it was called studio gallery. I don't know if you ever went to that 
early on it was a basement of an art gallery i don't remember that place uh pretty cool place but not not safe and uh <laughs> we got out of there specifically uh, as soon how? as we could like the oh, neighborhood were the there pirates there was, like was no the neighborhood was collapse. safe but like yeah it was a. Uh, it could have probably collapsed there was no fire exit and it was in a basement Ooh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, this, this sounds like a theater that we used to work at. <laughs> there was only one bathroom, which was uh, a reason enough to close us down. So luckily, we were never inspected. Obviously, we never got the papers to operate <laughs> there mm-hmm. correctly either. Um, and then we moved to another place that was legit, and we got all this stuff up to code and opened that up in September of 2013. So about a year and a, two and a half years after first class, we had our own place. Yeah. That was just us. And right about that, t- or actually it was just before that, that the first Omaha Improv Festival happened. Is that right? Yeah. Well, we had moved. Yeah, we probably moved after the... Or was it 14 was the first one? We moved after the first festival. That's right. So oh, it okay. Was, so it yeah, was 13. Yeah, we just had one festival there, and then the last two have been at the new venue. Right. And this is our fourth one. And uh, so, yeah, the Omaha Improv Festival is something that uh, you organize. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Is it in in conjunction with other people or is it pretty much you? It's pretty much me. I Uh, thought so, but... This year I've gotten a little bit of help, but um, primarily it's been about 90% me. Yeah. 95. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This year I've gotten a little bit of help. We're kind of making it a little fancier too. So we're getting lanyards. I'm having someone help with that. And I had someone help me with the website this year, which helped me so much. A lot of people have been helping in the community, which is really nice. Yeah. Talk about, uh, if you would, the the origins of the... Why did you want to start an improv festival? Like, especially pretty early. Like, you, right. you were there for two years, and you're like, "Fuck it, let's get the whole country involved." <laughs> well, it was something when I first started. I was expecting like a couple teams from Iowa, maybe a team from maybe there was one in South Dakota or something. I had no idea. Sure. And I just, I don't even know why I shot so high, but I, I sent a message to one of my old teachers, Craig Kikowski. And he said yes right away. And as soon as he said yes, oh, that's great. Jimmy Crane was on board because he couldn't believe we had Craig Kikowski. Yeah, and then, Jimmy's great. And then we got Rick Andrews, who was probably going to do it anyways, but he was definitely excited to have those two on board. Yeah. And then because we had those three, we had a good amount of teams. I think we had 13 teams our first year. And then 15 our second year, 19 third year. And then this year we were standing at about 28. But we had 32. Some teams dropped. What? So. Yeah, big idiots. This year is going to be much bigger than the, the yeah. past years. Wow. We have like ten teams from Minneapolis coming. I, well, it it it's almost becoming like the Twin Cities Improv Festival Part Two. <laughs> There's a lot of teams coming. That's great. Uh, it is, uh, and yeah, I I went last year uh, mm-hmm. and, and performed there, and it was it was a blast. And we had we had better venues this year. We had. Uh, we, we kept holding on to this one venue downtown called Styles. That, I was there. <laughs> and uh, I had heard some horror stories last year about how there was a hole in the stage. And mm-hmm. uh, so besides the fact that that bar is now closed, oh. uh, I had already, before that happened, agreed not to do a show anymore there. So mm-hmm. um, we've got two venues that are, besides our backline one that's all downtown, still walking distance and really mm-hmm. nice stages. So that's I think awesome. they're ones that people are going to really like to perform at. Um and by the way, anybody who's uh, going to travel to go to Omaha for the festival, 
go to that goddamn candy store. It is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> the Hollywood candy. Yeah, and we're not doing shows at that venue anymore, but yeah. that was a that was another awkward venue that we had. <laughs> it is, but it's actually a pretty cool place. Yeah. Like uh the stage isn't bad. Like yeah. the, but it's just kind of weird that it's sitting right in the middle of that store. <laughs> right. Um, and there's a big white screen behind you. That's true. So uh, you also have done some traveling aside from here, uh, Australia. Yeah, I get to go to Australia in the end of June, and I'm there for over about three weeks. And what are you going to be doing there? I get to teach and perform in the Improvention Improv Festival, which is a international improv festival. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. There's only a handful of people from America going, so it's kind of weird to think of like... It's a lot of people from around the world just there. Yeah. Like Sweden and, and stuff like that. So how how did you end up involved in this? Uh very interesting story there. Um one of the one of the ladies that is somehow affiliated, I don't know exactly what her role is, um from Australia was visiting Omaha for about a week. Um she'd come there for she'd done like one business meeting or whatever and had a bunch of free time. And it was like three blocks from our theater. So since she did improv in Australia, she just hung out at our theater the whole time and kind of picked my brain on a lot of stuff and really liked what I was doing. And then she went back to Australia and spread the word. And then they invited me down. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Improv people are pretty neat people. <laughs> yeah. You know, it tends to be a pretty uh, welcoming crowd. Would you, right. would you agree from your Definitely. experience? We look out for each other too, I think. And yeah. we like helping each other out and, I'm guessing that you get your fair share of performing in, but you are also running the place. Uh, you're probably running tech when when it's needed. You're you're uh-huh. doing whatever's needed to uh, you know keep the back line going. Absolutely, we're still a very basic theater. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I come here, when I go to Denver, they've got a full staff of people from bartenders to people watching the door, and right. <laughs> you go to our place, and it's like there's four of us co-owners right now, and like. It's usually me on lights, another one on the front door, and then we've got like an intern helping as well, and that's it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And then as the hours switch and I perform in a show, someone else has to run up and do lights. And right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes we'll do shows where we just don't have someone in the front. So there's just yeah. no one watching beer. <laughs> and it's someone that performs that hour just has to kind of hear if they need to run in the other <laughs> That we usually don't have someone running from the stage, but definitely someone performing in the hour. Like if we do two teams, someone from the first hour will watch it the sure. first, the second half. Yeah, and, and then, then swap it out. Yeah, yeah. How is running a business? I mean, d- did you do it because this is something you've always wanted to do? Did you do it because you know what? Fuck, not nobody's doing it. I guess I will. Or like, where where did it? come from your your desire to do this i wanted it something in the long run um one of the reasons well when i was leaving la i was sick of the people in la even mm-hmm. though i love the improv scene i liked that group sure but the rest of people in la i just didn't like and i didn't fit in i it's a very selfish city and i just didn't like being in that group of people i didn't think that was me and uh i was thinking of where to move to and i I've just always moved around my whole life. Yeah. And so I thought it would be nice to set up a home base that I could always come back to. Yeah. Because, like, if I come back to L.A. now, I mean, I am I might get thrown in one or two shows with some friends, but I'm going to have to, like, 
start on some teams and get going again. Sure. But like now in Omaha, I can leave for a year and I know I can come back. Right. And I, right. I can do whatever. You know? Right. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a big part for me is being able to keep traveling for the rest of my life and having something to keep coming back to. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as the business aspect, I, I wish someone else would just handle that. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just want to teach and perform, but yeah. uh, unfortunately, it's what I have to do to make those two things happen. Sure. I'm guessing there's a pretty big learning curve with that, or or did it? <laughs> yeah, I I definitely started out knowing nothing, and I'm starting to figure things out mm-hmm. um, slowly, <laughs> very slowly. Um, is is there a community of? Um, I mean, for instance, in town we have huge theater where mm-hmm. you know it was started by improvisers also who were not necessarily business people, uh, and I'm guessing that other cities have similar things is there like a community of people who have done this sort of thing that you guys lean on each other or is it really kind of every person there is a facebook group for theater management mm-hmm. improv theater management um we share some advice mm-hmm. to be honest i don't know if we necessarily share enough but um it's kind of cool to, to get little pointers here and there of like hey we're using this system for selling tickets you guys should mm-hmm. try it Stuff like that. Or, hey, this grant is available if you're a nonprofit, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. So in, in terms of performing, where what are you doing these days? So I uh, I do get up sometimes. Unfortunately, I'm not on a practicing team right now, which is always kind of rough um, because basically my only coaching is when I coach. Uh, I, I've been on practicing teams in Omaha. It's not that we don't have other coaches there. It's just mm-hmm. right now I'm – currently not on one um i'd have a show that we do interrogated that's like my main show yep i've seen that so i'm in that pretty much every week and that's kind of the one thing that i can always rely on but i perform plenty in like other mashup teams or like mm-hmm. i have teams that i perform with where we don't practice or we used to practice that we don't anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a common that's common yeah that, that, is, <laughs> yeah. that is fairly common, common. Everywhere, probably but do you miss that like uh, the rehearsal process sort I, of thing? I do. I I think I still need it. Uh, it's nice to hear others' opinions when I'm going off the rails mm-hmm. or like I'm not catching something. Um, one thing I always tell people is never to coach yourself. So yeah. it bothers me when I see teams giving each other notes and it's like, ooh, you guys are going to hate each other in a year. Yeah. If, yeah. You, even, if you even make it that far. Yeah. <laughs> So what what is next for the the backline theater and and you I mean past Australia like what it, what's uh, what's going to be coming up at the backline and and your personal career? Uh, well, so as I said, I had hit about five years. I had had a five year plan and it was kind of a dream five year plan, and I somehow hit it. Nice. So I've been <laughs> trying to restructure what my new five year plan is going to be. Right now, two main things I really want to do is I want to work, as soon as I get back from Australia, I'm going to start working on animated projects again. Nice. I've done a couple, and I want to get more advanced at that. Like and, a comedic projects? Or? Yeah, like okay. specifically short animated sketches, like minute and a half, two-minute sketches that I can put on YouTube or something. That sounds great. Um, and then the other thing I want to do is start talking about making a feature film in Omaha that's uh, just by us comedians. So that's like my other one. And then... A third one that I really want to start doing soon that I, I'm not fully sure on yet, but I want to get into it is I've always wanted to make a hip-hop video, like a, a comedic one, obviously, but like mm-hmm. I want to make a, a rap sketch real bad. Nice. <laughs> so uh, I've been trying to come up with some ideas lately, and 
I, I will do it someday. <laughs> has has Backline been home to sketch at all, or has it mostly been long form improv? Mostly long form. Sketch has been real hard to push. Okay. Um, why? Peop- why do you think that is? I think it's just too much work for a lot of people who sure. don't see any pay from it. Like some of these bigger cities, at least there's like some paying gigs for like actors and stuff. So like people get more out of doing improv and there's more paid gigs in mm-hmm. Omaha. There's very few, um, you know, not even anything like commercials really. There's a few here and there, but mm-hmm. so I think people haven't had that inspiration of like, well, so what I'm doing a sketch, like then what? And I'm trying to get people more excited because there are other possibilities. I mean, plus they can have like a, you know, obviously just, having a, a YouTube page or something, but also yeah. maybe doing SNL someday is still possible. Yeah. Um, but we do one really big sketch show three times a year that I am really proud of. Oh, so while cool. we don't do it often, we do one show that I'm really, really proud of called Live at the Backline. It's very much an SNL-style setup where we have a guest band, we have a guest host. Um, the guest host is in about five, four or five sketches, and we have about ten of them. Uh, it's about an hour and a half long, and the band sings four songs. And uh, in between each sketch, the band does like these little thirty-second riffs that are kind of fun. And yeah, just kind of our own version of SNL. And we spend about six weeks kind of doing that one project, and then we do two shows in one night, and that's it. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah, that's great, Philip. You get paid for a lot of your sketch work, right? I pay myself. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you take out taxes? I learned. The first year, I really got fucked on that. Yeah, you 1099'd yourself? Yeah, I got so screwed, <laughs> then audited. So now I, I put a little uh, some money aside whenever I pay myself. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, that's, you got to learn. <laughs> uh, so, all right, this, this next portion of the show doesn't have a name, so I might need you to help me name it. Okay, uh, I'm going to name it something pun-related. So. Please do. Yes. yes, that would make me so happy. <laughs> Philip knows how much I love puns. <laughs> A lot. Maybe <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> reach for something clever there. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you could improvise with anybody from history, who would it be? Uh, anybody from history, mm-hmm. huh? I guess I'd... Well, I mean, I'd, I feel like I want a good improviser, so I'd probably pick someone since people have been improvising. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so since Comedia dell'arte. <laughs> right. Uh, you know... I don't know if he's necessarily my favorite improviser, but, um, oh shoot. And now I can't even remember his name. Um, if you say Drew Kirsten, he's going to be crushed. <laughs> right. Uh, who am, I, who am I thinking of? The guy that did, uh, on Parks and Rec, who was John Machia. Or oh, oh, Ben Schwartz. Ben, ben Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, that guy, he, he doesn't necessarily like have any certain style that I like, but, Every single show I've seen him do, he's funny, is amazing, and especially anytime yeah. he's been on a two-person show, it's been one of my favorite shows I've ever watched. Mm. Um, so I feel like I would have the most fun show doing a show with him. Andrew Daly is probably my favorite improviser to watch. I think he's just so funny. I love the show Review. I'm a big fan of Andrew Daly. I don't know. I guess uh, it's a little tough to say. Chris Farley would be a fun one, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. If you could set up a night at uh, the backline where it, it featured like exclusively classic improv forms, what would it be? Uh, what would the form be that you would want to see teams start to do? Oh, 
you mean like what's a classic form? Well, would... like it, like if you had a Herald Night or a, a Deconstruction Night or a Jazz Freddy Night or like a, an established form. Okay, because we, we do have a Herald Night now. Oh, you do? We do. Yeah, um, we have three teams, three Herald teams. We put them up first and third Fridays of every month. Well, I, th- I think you just answered the question. <laughs> but, uh, and with those, we even do um, certain templates, like the documentary yeah. Herald. We do it. We do it as a Herald. Yeah. Um, it's something we kind of do with our Heralds. I guess I uh, some other r- well-established forms I really like are the mono scene. I think mm-hmm. that's just a... Yeah. One of my all-time favorites. I'm a huge fan of the slacker. Not necessarily super classic, but pretty yeah. fairly well known now. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the thing we do with our heralds, though, I, I think probably heralds because again that is what we have, and we have like that documentary one, which we treat it still like a herald. So like the documentary parts, the opening, and then both group games, and then we see the scenes throughout. And we also have a sitcom template for a herald where like the opening is the theme song, mm-hmm. and then the group games are commercial breaks. That's a great idea. Yeah. And then we have our organic herald, which is just like a, a an organic herald where it's, the opening is, they have no set opening. Really. Sure. Like it could be anything and then everything's organic from there. It's still a herald format, but we had to have one of those teams. <laughs> but yeah. The, like for the other ones, or uh, documentary and sitcom. And uh, if you could, if, if you could take any of the interrogations that you've done, and uh, go a little bit further with it, that but you just didn't get a chance to go further with it than you want, but you wanted to. In retrospect, like you were driving home that night, and you're like, "God damn it, I wish I had pushed a little bit harder." You don't have to name names, but what would it, what was that story? Oh man, I'm. You might need to explain interrogation. To to say. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a show we do. It's kind of an Armando Ascat style show where we get audience members to confess something they've gotten away with and then we create scenes making fun of that information God, we've gotten some wild ones uh i'd say there was there was one recently about a guy who had uh gotten a uh, concussion from snowboarding down a hill and uh basically they had done it without their parents knowing they went snowboarding was the thing but he had he had woken up saying that he had thought because his gloves were on the snow that his uh, his hands were chopped off. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. So he's pointing at his his gloves with his hands going, my hands have been chopped off, um, <laughs> which was enough for me to be like, great. But then I found out afterwards that there was so much more information, oh, uh, all sorts yeah. of different things that he kept... Uh, he he continually kept grabbing the gloves, crying because his hands were gone. <laughs> uh, and he had a number of other things that I don't quite remember now, but it was like, oh, we would have had so much more for that scene than I even thought we were going to have. That's fantastic. Uh, it's like once you hit gold, sometimes you just feel like, hell, let's cash in now. But sometimes there's so much more underneath it. <laughs> We've had... We, oh, shoot. We had one real weird one in... We just went to the Des Moines Improv Festival. Yeah, right. Sometimes I can tell when people are lying, and I really wanted to pry this guy to see if he was lying, and uh-huh. I didn't because we were on the road, and it was like, oh, let's just take it and not argue with it. Yeah. But supposedly he was um, a repo man, and he had repoed someone's car who had a, a, a Ku Klux Klan robe in the back. And so he said he pissed on it and put it back and gave the guy back his car. I don't, you know, I don't really know how repos work, but, but uh, yeah. Hmm. And uh, the guy never complained about it or killed him, you know. <laughs> uh, and then uh, 
he said later there was an, a pre or a pastor who had a trunk full of dildos, and I was like, I have a hard time believing there's a trunk full of dildos. But yeah, um, yeah. At that point, the story was already over, and we were trying to wrap things up. And I was like, I can't call him out for lying now. Let's just move on and do this show with Ku Klux Klan and dildos to work on. <laughs> that was a rough. That was a rough show to to try to make good. Well, speaking of doing a show with a dildo, <laughs> now, now's the time. I know I hated that transition. I'm yeah, sorry, You could have just said rough to do a show with. I could have. Okay. Well, you'd be hard-pressed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of someone who's hard-pressed. <laughs> no, it's too late. All right. Someone. Speaking of someone who's too late. <laughs> Fine. I'm not going to call you out on it anymore. Just go on with it. All right. Now's the time of the show where I throw the microphone over to Philip Simondet for a brand new segment that we call Philip's Corner. It's Philip's Corner. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Awesome. Thank you uh, for dinging. Uh, and welcome to Philip's Corner. Uh, this is the part of the show where I finally have to talk. It's have to because it's in the contract. I don't want to talk. He doesn't want to listen. And you certainly don't want to answer these questions. <laughs> Great. I'm going to stare into your eyes. We have to make, we have to make eye contact okay. or it doesn't count. Okay. And I'm going to ask you questions. They're going to be bad, but you're going to answer them so well. Retrospectively, they will seem like good questions. <laughs> okay. Dylan. Do you know what all the teeth are called? All the teeth? Yeah, like the different, like each each spot of teeth, each teeth has a different name. How many of the teeth can you name? Uh, I could probably only name canines, uh-huh. uh, molars, yeah. wisdom, yeah. Uh, front. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like front are called incisors. incisors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's accurate. Okay, so, so you failed. Like, yeah. On that one. I know there also <laughs> there's other terms like amalgam. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I feel. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they're all numbered too, uh, right? Uh, quick, quick sidebar. Okay, sidebar. Uh, Philip, when you said that Dylan failed, that's that's really alienating. I asked him to name that's all the teeth. Really and alienating he to our guest. Questions have one correct answer, mm-hmm. and he didn't get it. He uh, could the, not name the all the teeth. The customer is always right, and our guest is our customer. This part is more awkward than the question. Jesus God. Okay, <laughs> sidebar to the sidebar. Okay, sidebar to the sidebar. How many times are we going to get interrupted during a sidebar <laughs> before, until we get fucking good security on this sidebar? I was thinking boss. about getting a sidebar guard dog. Well, get on a it. Sidebar bouncer. Holy oh shit! Now we can't even have an inception <laughs> side. This guy is insane. He's a right. fucking acrobat. S- sidebar sidebar to the sidebar over. Sidebar over. Sidebar over. over. Hey, we were just talking about enchiladas. <laughs> oh, okay, that's great. Are you good at sneaking? Uh, I think I'm decent. I'm uh, fairly light on my feet, so I, uh, I I've always liked to like balance on things and shit. So um, parkour. Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, definitely <laughs> amateur parkourist. Amateur, amateur parkourist for sure. Did you ever do any like sports or anything, dance or anything that would require you to be Not, so nimble? You're just naturally. This way? dance. I did a lot of sports. I did uh, wrestling in middle school. I did basketball and football in high school and rugby in college. Oh, wow. You did wrestling. I just always like to, uh, like, if I'm walking and uh, a house has bricks, like, along the front, like a retaining wall or something, I have to hop up on that wall and walk it. Or like, yeah. So you're, you're like a, a seven-year-old. Like, they also <laughs> yeah, have to yeah, do Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
How are you most like a seven-year-old? Other than that one example. <laughs> I still pick my nose a lot. <laughs> nice, yes. Why not? Oh, yeah. All you're doing is cleaning it out. And Why I got allergies, it? so it's like I need that to be as clear as possible. Why is picking your nose so frowned upon? Like, you can blow your nose. It's the same result, right. but but you can't always get that out with, with air pressure. Sometimes yeah. you needed to get it to get in there. Right. And sometimes it's just like it hurts, you know, like when there's a booger that hurts and when you're it's like crusted over. Yeah. Like it's been in there a while. Yeah. And you got to like maneuver it just right, you know. Yeah. You can't blow that out. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I'd probably say that's uh, the biggest way. That and I, I don't know. Yeah. Probably that. Probably boogers. What, how, what's the closest you've ever been to an explosion? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Without definitely. incriminating yourself. <laughs> Ooh, you're being interrogated. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I'd say nothing was too close. I've done, I've been parts of small things where like somebody would like squeeze a huge bottle of lighter fluid into the campfire or some stupid sure. thing That's like so that. Stupid. That's yeah. so stupid. So <laughs> stupid. Uh, or... We tried to make a bomb once with, uh, we tried to just mix a bunch of household chemicals and it just made it warm. Um, but yeah, it was a very weird I'm thing. I'm impressed you got warm. <laughs> yeah. Like any reaction. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a chemical impressive. reaction. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got one good one. Um, uh, viewers can't, listeners can't see this, but I got a little gap between my front teeth and we had bottle rockets one year and I put a bottle <gasps> rocket in my mouth no. and it was going to oh shoot out of my mouth, but no. it wedged in between my oh, teeth. <laughs> oh no. So when we lit it, it just went and it just stayed right there. And I had my hands covering my face cause I didn't want it to in my face sparks directly yeah. in your face anyway without right. it going wrong <laughs> yeah so then i was like shoot i don't know how much time i have i guess i'll just stay here and wait and then i just i had plenty of time to take it out and throw it you know <laughs> but i just stood there and i was like well I, uh, i'll wait <laughs> and then i just kept waiting <laughs> i kept waiting <laughs> and then it finally blew um the really super loud ringing you know those games uh modern warfare correct when they have that <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> the grenade goes off the end of the ring uh no it was, it was seriously just a loud ringing and i'm looking around at my friends and they're all pointing and, and yelling at me i'm not real sure what they're looking at and i'm looking all around and i'm thinking like oh shoot this is probably really bad and i look over to my shoulder and there's just a fire on my shoulder oh, <laughs> 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 Uh, Wait, uh, and then your hands were on the ground. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his gl- he saw his glasses on the ground. I was like, "Oh my, my eyes fell out." <laughs> Thank you so much. That has been Philip's corner. Okay, we forgot to ask you what you would name Matt segment. <laughs> I guess I'd uh, blank either like blank blanket statements or like blank statements or I don't know blanketed. I love yeah, it. That's, that's about all I got. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Blank, blank, blanketed statements. Blank, blankety blank. <laughs> blankety blank statements. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> I feel like it's just called a lot now. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot. All right, Dylan, are you ready to do some improv? Sure am. Next up, Sir, you can only have... Four items in the changing room at a time. I'm counting six. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it's just I'm holding these for my friend. So. Sure, but... Um, Victor, are you talking out there? Yeah. Like, if even though the items are not in with him right now, 
it's still six items uh-huh. uh, just for the, you know. But two of them are going to be for him, and then four will be for me. Okay, so well, the, he can have his. Uh-huh. You can have yours. Great. So that we have no problems. Okay. But, but the problem is, is that right now you're a collective. You're, you're, you're better apart than... All right, Victor, I'm just going to pass you these shorts under the, t- under the door because I don't want them. Here. Hey, San Luis. Yes? This helper has a problem. Well, tell that helper to fuck right off. Yeah, fuck right off, helper. Are you you're just going to do whatever he says, really? You're your own person, okay? I'm, look, yeah, I'm my I'm own person. I'm my own person holding six items, two for look, my friend I and four for me. I don't give a fuck about the clothes, okay? I was watching you guys in the store, uh-huh. and you should break up with him. No. What I'm saying is you are better you just apart don't understand. than together. Okay, See. he is conniving. He's bossing you around. He's in there and he's sure. telling Victor, you what to say. Victor, go get me a fucking latte. Sure thing. Look at you. Now look. look there's at you. two reasons not to date him, but four reasons to date him. What are the four? I have not. I've been watching you in this store all day. I've not seen. He has the one. greatest family. His family is so cool. Have you? If you've ever met a family where it's like they can drink beer and just play horseshoes, you know? Okay. Fine. One. I I didn't notice that because he's not shopping with his family today. Two abs. What? Yeah, you didn't see San Luis's abs. Trust me, they're great. Okay, fine. You're at even, but those don't really. Those Three don't really amazing hold singer, weight. San Luis, kick it. And I, I will always love you. Wow, you know what? A, that is beautiful. Right. And B, you told him to do that and he did it. See? I thought it was just him bossing you around. No, we both boss each other around. That's reason number four. I should really get my nose out of everybody's businesses. I'm just I'm just a helper at a at a shop. It's fine. I think you're going through some things. Oh boy am I. Oh boy am I. I sure am. I uh I've been dating the cashier and it's not going Why? Well. Well, I have my reasons. Let's hear them. Did, didn't you see the cashier? Mustache, for one. Did you see that mustache? Yeah. Okay, that should be two, because both halves are amazing. <laughs> he does have a split in the middle. Helper, could you please get rid of some of these clothes that are covering up my register? Okay, sorry, Tyler. Your boyfriend sounds like Snagglepuss. <laughs> That's reason two. Okay. I'm into it. My parents got a divorce while I was watching whatever show Snagglepuss is on. And it, Hanna-Barbera. And it ingrained in me, and now I can only only get... Look, yeah. it's just, I'm just saying that it's a... San Luis quit breathing heavy in there. <laughs> Sorry. I was just listening to you psychologize this nice helper. And you know I love it when you're a helper yourself. San Luis, this is the helper out here. Uh, are there things that you love about about this gentleman? Four of them and two that I hate. <laughs> List them off real fast. <laughs> I love the way you surf. It, it, it simulates the curl that comes down from the top of your hair the way you cut back on those waves. Mm-hmm. Number two, I love that you decide to cook for me on days that end in Y. Number three. All of them. Yeah. I, number three, I love your ability to tap dance, even when you're not wearing tap shoes. <gasps> Ooh, let's see. Wow, 
Oh, that's carpet. I'm impressed. And I love your ability to recognize carpet when it's on the ground. Oh, well, we both, the helper here, shares that same quality. Uh, as you can see, both of these carpets share the same quality. Uh, the difference between the carpet that I propose... <laughs> the difference between the carpet that I'm proposing is that it is much easier to clean, uh, and if you were to spill something on it, like let me just see your glass of wine here. <laughs> and uh, you just grab a rag and... <laughs> spills wine all over this carpet. Um, very sorry, but as you can see, it did clean it all up and just absorbed it right up. And My uh, God, you're a magician. Now, it's, uh, carpet is uh, a... Ox, uh, oxidized plastic. Are you, are you some sort of Satan-worshipping warlock? Uh, no, I'm a door-to-door salesman. I uh, work for a company. It's um, kind of similar to... Do you sacrifice goats in the back of your van to get these so-called powers? No, uh, we just we actually ship them in from India. They're made pretty cheaply. Um, Martha, come out here. Yes. It appears as if we have a warlock in our midst. A warlock. Another warlock. Another no. warlock. Who was? Who did you town? think was a warlock before? There oh. was a vacuum man over here. He he summoned the power of Dyson, and it just opened up a portal to hell, and all of my dirt and dust went into another realm. We've been collecting that dust for years, and all of a sudden it was just. Gone. It was gone. Well, dust carries a number of bad things that you don't want in your home. Um, That's what he tried to sell us on. Best case scenario, it's just dead skin cells. So There's also a wizard male person, and she has this bag that is never empty. Every time, there's more mail in it. It's just never empty when she's at your just house. It refills itself every time she's a here. Bag of holding, I imagine, is what that would be nah, called. I believe so. So, Warlock, where did you get your powers? Um, well, I, I suppose I got it when I dropped out of college. Uh, Wizard college? <laughs> right? I'm assuming. All right, you know what? I'm just going to head to the I'm just going to head to the next door. Um Yeah, you two have a great day and right. sorry I spilled your glass of wine. That's okay. Or I'm assuming it was wine. It was blood. Yeah, got it. I'm uh, off We're to the We're trying to be wizards. You got best of luck, sir, madam. All right, you two. Uh, come on in. Okay. I, I, re- I realize that there's only one promotion to go around, <laughs> and you both know that it is down to the two of you, Richard and Teeny. Richard, it's been a pleasure, but... That promotion is mine. Yes, Richard, you have something to say for yourself? Yes. So I I just wanted to acknowledge that you're both highly qualified. and Mm. Yes. I have a master's now (laughs) in business. My parents were very wealthy, so... So I've decided to make this a contest between the two of you. Wonderful. It kind of has all along, but you're saying a head-to-head knockout, drag-out uh, competition right now? 
Winner takes all? Well, yes, of sorts. Uh, if both of you, uh, uh, Richard, if you don't mind, I would love to see your right hand. And Teeny, I would love to see your left hand. Certainly. <laughs> ah, ah! Oh. You're now handcuffed together. I feel like a gross criminal. All right, I saw this music video. Switchblade! And now here's your switchblade, Richard. Oh, please, I've never touched a knife. Okay. I'll do without. Richard, I'm going to stab you. And I will now step out of the room and close the shades. Why wouldn't he watch this? Now, look here. Do you understand what you're getting at if you stab me? Look, Richard, you were handed everything on a silver platter. I've worked my way up and you're in my way right now, okay? You don't deserve this because you didn't have to wor- earn it, okay? I worked hard to work my way up, and you're standing in my way. I'm going to stab my way through you. Oh, is that how you earned your way? By stabbing people, or are you just that petty? First one, I I drowned. I drowned the competition to get where mm-hmm. I am now. Before that, I just let someone get hit by a bus. I could have stopped it, but I didn't. Before that... In the womb, I was a twin, but I ate it. Okay? I've had to work hard for everything. Hmm. You think I'm not going to stab you? Sounds like you should be a helper at a retail store. I'm working my way up to there. I have to (laughs) We're not at that level yet. (laughs) No. The only reason I'm at this job is because my parents are punishing me. So do it. Stab me. Anything is worse than less than retail. Richard, I always admired you, but nothing will get in my way. Oh, oh, that I uh, never, uh, never been stabbed and it hurts. Twist it. Wait, twist it back, please. Okay. Please take it out. Oh, put it back. Please. Oh, it's bleeding horribly. <laughs> okay. Richard, just. Just tell him that I can have the job, okay? No, I can't get him up. <sighs> Not until my parents let me come back to Delaware. I'm pulling it down. I'm going to slit you in half. <clears throat> so I... <clears throat> Mom and Dad, you did this to me. My left hand is reached paralysis. Can you answer for me? Yeah, okay. Just leave the knife in there. Okay. It's in this pocket? Yeah, yeah. Okay. What's the code? Oh, shoot. Hold on. Do you want to just do it? I'll hold it. You can do it. I'll do it with my tongue. Okay. Hello, this is. It's Teeny. Uh, yes. This, this is, is Richard's phone. Oh, I was looking for Richard. Oh, he's he's right here. Uh, um, uh, this is Richard's father. Could you just give him a message for me? Oh, sure. Could you just tell him his mother and I have seen the errors of our ways and we would love to have him back in Delaware? Oh. He oh, no he's... longer needs to work that pissant job. Oh, I, I'll let him know. Uh, it, was, it was your dad. Thanks. Uh, By the way, I'm just gonna put this back in here. My family is warlocks. What? I am immortal. (laughs) 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 You're you're hovering. (laughs) We see the blood starts to coagulate all over Teeny's hand and and start to rise up his arm. It's working its way to my face. It's going to cover me. (laughs) 
Oh, nice job, Richard. Thanks. It was very easy. So, start Monday? No, I'm going back home to live with my parents. God damn it! (laughs) JK, JK, look. This new Harry Potter is just not cutting it. What? We're tossing it all. Come on. I mean, it's got everything that all the other Harrys have. He just gotten too laid back, JK. Well, okay. The book is basically about Harry and Ron hanging out at the beach. What's wrong with that? It's turned into a one of the James Franco stoner movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm into these days. I uh I didn't want to say anything, but I had Seth Rogen co write this with me, ghostwrite it, you know what I mean? Is that why he's right there? Hey, <laughs> Yep, there he is. Yeah, I'm high now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's why I'm pretty much hanging out with Seth. Kind of hoping to meet Judd Apatow someday. You know what oh, I mean? He'll love you. Uh, he'll love you, man. Well, I guess let's let's listen to a few more excerpts from your pitch. Sure. Oh yeah. Hey, Ron, 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 man. What's up, Harry? Uh, you know, I was uh, I was thinking, Ron, that maybe I was gonna go knock knock down a coconut or two today. Cool, man. Okay, but then like when we film it, we'll like improvise a bunch of lines. Judd's really good at that. Yeah, just lets us go, man. <laughs> and and I, I'm pretty sure that you know the kids are gonna really dig this, especially if Franco and Rogan play Harry and Ron in the new one. Yeah, Franco's totally in <laughs> as Harry, right? Yeah, yeah. He can he could totally like be into any character at this point. I mean, he played Orson Welles, and he played uh, did he that uh, that poet guy? Yeah, we did it as a as a buddy movie. Yeah, I was the crow, <laughs> uh, and I'm pretty sure that he played William Shakespeare. I was a pen, <laughs> a quill, really. <laughs> played Obama. I was Malia. <laughs> oh, yeah. You also did the... Uh, Voice that, of Sasha, but they had a stand-in. You did the remake of Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And I uh, I co-wrote that, and everything I touch is gold, right? I played that Nazi that just <laughs> snipers people from the balcony. Pshoo, <laughs> <laughs> pshoo. <laughs> I'm shooting a gun now. <laughs> so, it is down to you, and it is down to me. May the best man win, okay? I've worked my way to the top, and now... I will work at Bloomingdale's. Not, not you, Teeny. I have suffered some setbacks. <laughs> I had to reform my body after wizard blood completely deformed me but i'm back and i'm stronger than ever and nothing will stand in my way not even you cold war villain (laughs) but i am i am cold war villain he's carrying a hammer in one hand and a sickle in the other you you shall feel the power of socialism not in the movie that i see come here bald eagle friend (laughs) it's played by seth rogan (laughs) I'm totally high. <laughs> and in this hand, I have a shank. Played by James DeShanko. 
I will attempt to murder you, but you have hilarious uh, American icons as your weapons. That's right. They work together as a team, even though they don't seem to fit. Distract him, bald eagle. No. Ah, no. Oh, look at me. Smoke this bong. <laughs> Stab him, Franco Shanko. Oh, I'm so cool. Stabbing him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so cool. <laughs> I have sickle. Why do I not stab back? Because you can only do one thing at a time, and right now you're being injured. Oh, oh. That's how movies <laughs> I die. Now I can. Uh, excuse me. Yes. I'm sorry. I think I just walked in on something. I'm just looking for the front entrance to Bloomingdale's. Oh, Right this way. Okay, thank you. Um, I'll show you where the changing room is. Oh, uh, five uh, item limit. Okay, well, it's no, a very strict policy. I'm sorry, I have uh, I have seven <laughs> items. That cannot be. I do though. Okay, it's a five item limit. Okay, there's plenty of people in this Bloomingdale's that also need to try on clothes. You can't I, be I in have there. seven items too. Okay. Both of you, there's a five item limit. So between the two of us, there's fourteen items. Do you realize how much? fucking work I had to do to get to this position? No. Mm-mm. I don't know. You probably filled out an application and then two weeks later they called you and you said that you have, have an interview. No and then a week later they actually gave you that interview and then two weeks later they gave you another interview and then they told you you probably weren't going to get it but then somebody else didn't take the job so you got it anyways. That's uh, actually exactly right but I also stabbed a Russian. <laughs> that was going to be my guess. <laughs> uh, welcome to Greenpeace. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, Derek, I'm really glad that you came. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Yeah, with with your name recognition behind Greenpeace, I have a feeling that we could save a lot of whales. Okay, this is not the the Green Party. No. Greenpeace. It's not. No Greenpeace. Is that, that a weed mm. pun? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's what I thought I was signing up for. It's pe- Peaceful Hippies. It's a... Uh, Greenpeace. Well, we, we are peaceful hippies. Yeah. Um, okay. But we're just you put the name Green in the title, so it kind of implies a certain. Well, it's because we believe in the consciousness. Yeah, that uh, one. I suppose peace of the world. Yeah, but it's kind of like if I had something that said like pipe dreams, you'd think like oh, it's probably with weed. Uh, well, and I, you wouldn't think it was just like a plumbing. You service. think weed? I would. When you I would. Th- I would dream. I, when I hear pipe dreams, I hear like, "Oh, those are dreams that you have that aren't realistic." Okay. Look, this is just a very straightforward I, service that we're providing, yeah. and it's, I think it's on you that I you're just seeing. I feel like these. whales should be blue piece, you know, or like blue blue piece. Then they'd. Blo- so you want it to be a sex thing? What? You yeah, pervert. that's no, disgusting. It has nothing on those you, implying a blowjob. Is, is that how you think of uh, blue as in the whales? color? Well, we'd still take you as a spokesperson, but we wouldn't be able to have Maybe you. He's not right for this branch of the organization. Maybe he should go over to Heroin for Herons. What's that about? That's where women save herons. Okay, they're herons. <laughs> of yeah. course. Clearly. And it's, it's very necessary. Herons are endangered, and they're beautiful creatures. So what about that one room right down there that says Coke heads for nose candy? It's the caps of Coke Bottle bottles. caps of Coke bottles. That we, we collect and get the money for to be able to give to the giraffes that have had too much candy shoved up their schnozzes. Right, well, that really sounds plausible. Condition. I'll buy that one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a terrible condition. They're endangered. How about that one that says slang and rocks and sucking dick? <laughs> oh, that one's easy. It's a humanitarian effort all the way. Yeah, it's it's about uh, large apes who like to throw boulders, and it's about trying to save them. While also using Richards as salt licks for deer. That's right. They just suck the salt right off of Richards. Mm-hmm, because Richards are known to eat a lot of popcorn. Hmm. Okay, these are all very clearly humanitarian effort. I don't know what you're... And not sexual. I don't know what is your problem, sir, okay? What's that one? Oh. Meth for birds? (laughs) Yeah. That's where we give meth to birds. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It makes them fly south faster. Okay. Thanks for bringing me out to the old ball game, Dad. I really wanted to see this stadium before I turned 10. Oh, well, you know, little Roger, you've you've done a good job this year and feel like you really earned this one. Huh. Gee, thanks, Dad. I I really thought I would do my best to impress you. Right. Now, uh, what you're going to want to do is just make sure you're not trying too hard. (laughs) Okay. I'll do whatever you say, Dad, old pop. Sure. Just grab your mitt and let's watch the game. Got my mitt here and I got my giant Coke bottle glasses. There's no reason to call that out. Just go ahead and watch the game here. <laughs> and and I've got my really cool oversized cap, and I've got my pants that are a little bit too short for me, but that's cool. I'm with my old man. Why are you calling out everything being too big for you? Well, I was just saying, I'm just a kid and just wanted to point it out. Got this Cracker Jack box. Boy, is this your, a big Cracker Jack box. Has your mother been telling you that I am not buying you the appropriate clothes? Yeah. I knew it ever since we've been Shh. splitting up weekends. Sorry, Dad. It's just that nobody goes to baseball games anymore. They're boring as shit. No, no, I'm a failure as a father. Fine, we'll leave, okay? We're out of here. Hey, Dad, you still have time. You're only a failure up to this point. Roger. Yeah? You're hurting me right now. You know I tried to be a good father. Did you? Because I didn't notice. Okay. How about uh, last weekend? Remember? Yeah, no, I remember. You took me to a playground. Cheap ass. Well, it's, the playground is where a kid would go. We played on the swing. We played on the slide. Uh, I took you out afterwards to get food. And you, and you offered me a, a mobile phone. A boost mobile Well, you are eight years old. I feel like a a phone at all is... Dad, all the rest of the kids have iPhones. You know, I wanted to be your dad, but I don't anymore. You know, I don't need this. I don't need you. I don't need your mother. You know what? You find your own way home. Maybe maybe these baseball players will adopt you, huh? You're such a good kid and everyone loves you, huh? You on your your own way home? Anyone want a kid? Huh? I'll take a kid. Great. There you go. His name's Roger. Hi, Roger. You good, Roger? Hey, I, hey, new dad. This guy's committing a felony by abandoning me. No, this is how adoption works. You're too dumb a kid to know. That's not true. I'm not dumb at all. I'll go with this nice new man. Are you sure, Roger? Because you have one last moment before I leave. Um. Hey, do you have a... A way to get me home, new man? Yeah, I got a van. He has a van, Dad. I also got a bunch of costumes I think you'd fit in. What? That sounds so cool. 
Okay, I'm not shitty enough of a dad to allow this to happen. Sir, go back to your seat. What do you, what? Come on, Just man. Just sit the you fuck down. Sit the fuck down. Sit the fuck down, you pervert. Jesus. All right, now look. What? I could have let that dude dingle your berries, okay? What? I don't understand that. And I'm not gonna. Because I'm too damn good of a parent, okay? But I could have. I could have let him have his way with you. And he would have, okay? Are you still trying to get rid of this kid? Sit down. Okay. I'm I'm looking for a kid to train as a priest from a young age. All right, no. I'm trying to turn God into his soul and then turn him into a missionary for Christ. Is this who you want to go with? I don't know. I'm starting to look pretty good, ain't I? This one looks pretty weird. I'm starting to look like a real father to you. I'm just how the Lord made me. Lord chose not to give me good looks, but a good heart. No, you, your face looks like a pyramid. It's an Illuminati symbol. Sir, sit down. Got one eye in the center of my face. All right, I'll sit down. Now, Roger. Yeah? Am I? Do I seem like a good dad yet? Better, I guess. Yeah. Not because of the things I do that are good, but because of the things I don't do that are bad. I never thought about it that way, Dad. I could have someone murder you if I wanted. Really? Yeah. God, that's cool. But I'm not going to. Really? Yeah, how cool that, is that? That's super cool. Yeah, it's probably the coolest thing ever, huh? Let me give you a little noogie, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Hey, Dad? Yeah? Can we watch the game now? Sure. Hey, Roger. Yeah? I'm not going to murder you today. <laughs> oh, I love you, kid. I love you too, Dad. <laughs> how do you get that scar on your hand? Oh, this one? I like to think that when I was a kid, a wizard broke into my parents' house, killed them, and then tried to attack me, and I had a magical ward that shot him away. But you like to think that, or that's what happened? That's what I like to think. What happened? Though? I fell off my bunk bed. Galafrion, how did you get that scar on your hand? I like to think that I fell off my bunk bed. <laughs> but but how head. did it really happen? Well, actually, what really happened is a wizard came in, uh, murdered my parents, and I was trying to avenge them. And uh, Wizards. <laughs> Short answer. Wizards. Harry. Yes, sir? I see that you have both a scar on your forehead, but also one on your hand. How'd you get that one? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Wizards, am I right? <laughs> and bunk beds! <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I'm so high right now. <laughs> Seth Rogen. This is a national advisory that this segment has gotten too silly. <laughs> so that's 80% UCB, huh? Next up, And that's our show. Thank you to Dylan Rohde of the Backline Theater and all of Omaha. Uh, for coming up to the Twin Cities and recording with us at the abode here. Uh, Dylan, what is going on in your life coming up pretty soon? Um, Besides doing stuff here in Minneapolis, I get to go to Australia soon. Got a festival coming up May 20th, 22nd. That's the Omaha Pro Festival. Yeah, Omaha Pro Festival. Those are like the main things that I've got going on in my life right now. So that's about it. Uh, Got a girlfriend now. Nice. Yeah. Sorry, I almost said plug that. (laughs) 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 What's going on in your life, Philip? It's almost May, and you can see me in May. The 90s shit and music comedy show. The second 
Wednesday every month. So this month, or in May, it'll be the 11th. And then also once a month, we do oh, local music scene. May 11th. Oh, you should spend it at Bryant Lake Bowl, reliving the 90s. That makes sense. Also at Bryant Lake Bowl, once a month, we do local music scene presents. This month's guest is Eric Ostrom. Awesome. Is that how you say it? Or is it Ostrom? Uh, I think it's Eric. And as always, check out youtube.com slash you can see me in june and july with the sultans of silly because my predictions all fucking came true right you were right every time yeah uh we won troika as cody nelson put on facebook that means we're the best improvisers in the world for That's the next what year is. Yeah. yeah uh so yeah the sultans of silly will be up at huge wednesday's that's Huge Theater, uh, 3037 Lindale Avenue South. Go to hugetheater.com for uh, this and other shows information or taking classes or whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah, we'll be up June and July, Wednesdays, huge, 8 p.m. It'll be fucking fun, so go see that. And the group that I coach, Mixed Messages, I believe has one more show uh, in them. So go check them out at Huge Wednesdays in April. Philip, how can people get a hold of us? They can send us an email at nextsetbatpodcast at gmail.com. Like <laughs> us on facebook.com slash nextsetbat. And check us and other amazing podcasts out on noisepicnic.com. Go to iTunes, rate and review our podcast, <laughs> and subscribe to us while you're there. Uh, let us know what you think about our show, and especially all the new Omahanians. Is that how you say it? Uh, Omahans. Omahans. Like Goldie Omahans? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Tune in next week. And uh, until then, as always, go watch an Apatow movie.